0: Out of Boston, Texas, you're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean.
1: Hi. Welcome to the Unsanctioned Citizen on Sunday. We wanted to, hello Maze, how's it going? Welcome to the program. Thanks for stopping in. Um, I just wanted to cover this territory. There's trust versus antipathy. <clears throat> now people know what trust is. Trust is where you you value the security. you, you feel like you're in a, in a good place. The individuals you may be relying on or working with have your back and you know you, you're able to do your part and you're sure that they're going to do their part and that is what trust is. You just have an agreement and you know that the agreement is going to be honored and, and so everybody feels, you know, a basic sense of security that they're going to be able to cooperate and do what they're supposed to do and it's going to go well. So it's not always like that in the world that we live in. So there's this other part of this. Uh, sometimes I'm going to call it antipathy, but there's there's an extreme dislike or aversion, repugnance. Uh, you know, they're just like, no, this shall not be. And, you know, there's, a, there's an instinctive contrariety or opposition and feeling like just like, oh, you know, and, um, I realize that there's a lot of that in politics right now. I mean, it's not like, eh, you know, I don't really care for this. It's antipathy. So it's either, you know, we embrace things in whole heart or, you know, like we're, we're lockstep, we are a unit or this antipathy. And you know it's it's worth discussing that I think that there's become, there's becoming a, an overvaluation of antipathy, like the ability to to create enmity or manufacture a wedge uh, during a political cycle between voters and and people try to manufacture a wedge over things that aren't aren't uh, typically an issue. Try to try to fish people into one camp or the other, you know. And if they're not going to vote for you, well, then they're just they're just bad. They're just bad people. You know, if they're not going to do what I want, well, they're just bad people. Can't trust them. Can't trust them at all because they're not going to do what we want. It's those people over there, you know. Instead of saying, you know, well, maybe maybe I should try harder to get it, get them to see see it from my side of view, or you know, why don't I try selling them. Uh, you know, why don't I try workshopping a little bit to try to get them to understand where I'm coming from? And then what you discover is if you go to the other one and try to find out what's going on and they let you in a little bit, sometimes you realize this isn't this isn't what you bargained for. And so you you freak out a little bit. So I guess across the way, like you think you're open until you, you smack up against something that you really are like, that creates that, that sense of antipathy. So I guess people need to just kind of Go slow and and uh, try to practice a few pacing measures. I I know that I've discovered this about myself, trying to reintegrate into society where I can I can test my ideas. But you know I'm not I'm not perfect. I can say that with with surety um, because <clears throat> it's been a while since I've been in like the, the natural water with people. But every now and then I'll I'll run across somebody who say like pro mass surveillance. Or pro uh, totalitarian state or pro overarching uh, state and and this is something I fundamentally don't trust for instance you know believe me I'm the doctor believe me I'm the authority do what I say I'm the authority do what I say I'm the government and what if there's no legal or scientific basis for your recommendation should I still do what you say you know if it causes if I feel that it will cause me harm should I still do what you say and when I don't do what you say why is all there why is there all this blowback you know there's no legal basis for you asking or making this request from me you know that that degrades the level of trust that I have of you now if you you know if you play some kind of rationale that that makes sense to me and I consent to care or consent to the governance then, you know, then you have an agreement, then you have trust. You know, I'll be like, okay, well, I'll give into that situation, you have my volition. And uh, I'll give you my part of, of this part of the agreement, and I'll go forward. But in many cases, people have gotten pretty authoritarian. And, you know, do this because this is the way I am in charge. And if you don't, we're back at antipathy. We're back at enmity. And so it's, it's like, lots of ones and zeros and most of society doesn't function like that most of the society has like kind of like a i don't know it's kind of like a haggling it's it's like a negotiation you know well you know if you we do this part we do this part you know oh yeah okay you know there used to be kind of this elastic resolve between people they develop relations but on the internet there's a there's a lot of this antipathy Everything's driven by I will hate you unless you do this I will hate you so there's this like this big stick of distrust and coercion involved in a lot of in a lot of things and it's like this default measure it's like this default setting and I don't think it's the most um, it's not it's not really the best way I mean there's lots of different ways but antipathy in and of itself is supposed to be it's a reaction antipathy is a reaction it's not necessarily um, a way of life it shouldn't be leading things it's it's a it's a reactive idea you know antipathy should be reserved for like vegetables that you can't stand like I, I can't stand roasted mushrooms I have a I have a complete aversion to 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 roasted mushrooms, like that, there's nothing wrong with roasted mushrooms. I'm just using it because some people have an antipathy towards a food. So, I think that most people would be like, "Well, you're you're an adult now. Nobody's going to make you eat that, so don't." <laughs> so, is there anybody who'd like to? Let me call some people. Let's see if I can invite some people to come talk. Here we go. I just invited some people. So I'm try, going to try to make the best of this. So I'm going to come up with top three things that I find trustworthy and then top three things that I find untrustworthy as an exercise. And then maybe you can think about the same. <clears throat> so the top thing, three things I find trustworthy is when someone will share their feelings with me or their, try, to, try to get me to understand something difficult about the situation. like. I know that you're struggling with an understanding of the situation. You know, let, let's let's calmly resolve to to analyze this together. Okay, that that to me is trustworthy because it allows for you know the elasticity of like dissent. Well, I don't really agree with that part. You know, and then then they can tell me, well, you know, this is why people believe this, and this is why this is where they're coming from. You know, and then then you can kind of be like, oh, oh okay, it's kind of kind of like a mental sandbox. You can just kind of throw things in there and be like. Oh well it's, maybe maybe it's not so bad. Maybe maybe I should think about that again. You know, I don't love it yet, but I can see where they're coming from. And so it's it's less unsavory, less freaking out of things. Um uh so you know, the the ability to kind of workshop an idea, okay, that that's trustworthy to me. Um the rule of law is generally trustworthy to me. Like everybody tends to agree. I wouldn't say everybody, everybody, but on the whole, our society tends to agree that what is illegal is illegal. So that helps me a lot because I don't run out and say, you know, rip off somebody's store. Not not like I had a, a, a steaming desire to go steal things, but, you know, I know that we don't do those things. And as I have... I have to have a general level of trust in my society that we agree that we, we don't do that. We don't do that in our society because it's wrong. And because it's wrong, we made it illegal. Such is the case with say like human trafficking and slavery. We know that this is wrong. So we made it illegal. It's against the law to do those things. So we don't do that. So I trust the rule of law. So. That's that's a general you know holistic societal agreement that I have that okay that makes me feel like like things we're we're gonna be okay we're gonna be able to agree on that okay the third thing I agree with is the ability to speak up in the in the instance that things have gone wrong so you know and, and I have a I have a quote here from Mace he says I don't blindly trust the rule of law. I generally trust that it exists so that our society has a basic agreement of, of what is social. and you know We can get into that in a minute, Mace. You can come up and talk in a minute. Um, but I think the third thing that I, I generally agree with is... Uh, oh, I forgot. <laughs> uh, maybe I should just start the discussion. Mace, do you want to jump up here and start talking? Let me see if I'll jump up here and talk. Because otherwise I had to go into the three things that I don't trust more generally. So, the three things that I trust for the rule of law. And um, <clears throat> I can't think of the third one right now. So I'll go into the couple of things that I don't trust. And uh, the first thing that I don't trust is, is blind blind authoritarianism. Like, like, do this because I said so. That's... That hasn't ever been okay with me I think from the time I was a small child I've rejected that holistically I don't I don't know why I think that's just how I came out of my mother I came into the world and someone said to me you know do this because I said so Uh uh-uh, I need a reason I need a reason why this is relevant. you are requiring something of me I need a reason you know and so I had a parent that really was like okay well let's explain and so because this person gave me the benefit of an explanation, I didn't have to like the explanation, but I got one. So, so that was enough to, to get through childhood. But it, it's never been good enough for me personally to just do this because I said so because I'm the authority. The second thing I don't, I don't really respond to very well is when somebody demands that I do things based on lack of compensation or lack of, you know, lack of trade. Like, you should just do this. You know, you should just know this. You should just have this. There's a presumption. You're making a requirement of me and my person based on a presumption. And it's not based on my values or my requirements. It's based on how they view the world. And so that's not something i have I have someone manufacturing an agreement for me that i i had no involvement in like that'd be like somebody from the Hare krishna showing up to the door and saying i'll take that 20 dollars now and i'm like dude i don't i don't know you i don't have any agreement with you i think i think it's time for you to go so but doesn't mean that people won't do it they'll show up and they'll be like um i'll i'll take you i'll take that from you now and i'll, I'll be like no No, this isn't, this isn't, I don't know you. We don't really have an agreement. We didn't discuss it. This isn't, there's no consent-based relationship this way. So, so that is a negatory. So I don't trust that. I don't trust that. The third thing I don't trust is, um, uh, this, it's relative to antipathy. It's, it's people discussing things in a round robin way where they don't talk to you. They talk about you. They don't talk to you. They talk about you like a council meeting, and then they come back with their decision on like, why wasn't I involved? You know, the, you know, if I'm if I'm on trial here, I really at least need to face my accuser. Those those are the rights afforded to me according to the Constitution. There's a Sixth Amendment. You know, why why was there a a Kafka Court hearing and and I was not notified? This is against my natural rights. I need an explanation. No. So, but that's, that's, that's just basically it. Like if I'm going to be accused of something, I really need to be explained to what it is that I did wrong and why. If it has no basis in reality, you know, of course, I believe I deserve the chance to, to challenge those assertions. Um, But not everybody will agree with me on that. Some people believe that the, the possession of antipathy is all that they need to enforce their will. That's it. That's all that they need to manufacture coercion and or consent. Doesn't really matter to them. That's all they need. Antipathy. They run on antipathy. It's like the ethanol of political will. Antipathy. So <clears throat> I invite people to come up and share their views. Or, you know, you're invited to discuss. What it is that you trust and don't trust, and how you manufacture trust versus antipathy, and what role it plays in your day, in your daily life, in the way things are going for you. Anyone? Let me go to the chat, live chat. Still maze here. What's the difference between law and authority? Hmm. Well, laws are commissioned by by the state. Laws are agreed upon by lawmakers, and it is different per nation state. It is di- different per per type of government. Like there's city government that has uh, regulations and resolutions, you know, civic civic ordinances. Those are the laws of the of the small state, you know. And then there's the laws of the the state government, which are, you know, those are state laws for the United States. And then there's, of course, the the federal laws, which is the big, big kahuna of, you know, if you're, if you're an American, those are the three ones that you, international law is not as big of a, you know, unless you are someone living abroad in someone else's nation state so it just depends now it's okay that you don't trust the laws say say I lived in where let me get, say, say I lived in Malta okay I'd have to know the laws and be careful t- to avoid violating the laws but whether or not I agree with those laws is, is kind of irrelevant you want to stay out of the way of the agreement of the people you want to honor the laws of the land and not, not really get yourself in a bad situation. So <clears throat> as far as like consent to the laws that exist, like I don't agree with the real ID law, so I, I really worked hard to get that changed so that it would be a voluntary measure in terms of identity. Be it would driver's license would go back to being an article to operate a motor vehicle versus an international flight article to identify you when you go on a plane, and that was a big deal for me because I, do, I don't want an internal passport. And since I fly so infrequently, it's not a big deal for me, it would be a bigger deal for me to have an internal passport in my wallet. <clears throat> and to be treated like a foreign national everywhere I go, in my own country. So I mean, that th- that is like where you decide. You know, you get active in politics because the laws are insufficient for your trust. That's my answer to that. I don't know what your answer is, May Starwalk, but you're welcome to come up here and give your side of the side of the poison or the uh, remedy. So. <clears throat> So laws are not always the answer, but they, they do establish a general out, layout of what what it is that you can know, like these are the boundaries. And so if you don't trespass those boundaries, then, then you'll stay out of any kind of legal trouble. What bothers me, I think, is that where people manufacture debt, or you know, some sort of infraction regulation where none exist, because they just happen to be there. That's what bandits do. Oh, you you pass this tree line, you know. Now I shall take your money, because you are here. That is not. Mm, I don't trust that. It's it resembles theft. This is the reason that they give themselves to steal because I am there. You're like I don't think that this is a trustworthy situation. So you have a general aversion to people who suddenly put conditions upon you that you didn't agree to and that don't comport with the law or your general knowledge of things. You know, it would be like going down the sidewalk and you know there's there's a homeless gentleman there if you can call him a gentleman there's a homeless gentleman there who suddenly looks at you with crazy eyes and he says stop eating the pink bunny I'll be like what (laughs) stop stop eating the pink bunny and I'm like I'm sorry sir I don't you know and then he'll be like you're not making sense anymore uh I have to go now (laughs) You you just you know that's the kind of thing where you're like we're not in the same place you know we're not really dealing with the same same level of rules you know that's that's when you're in crazy land so I don't trust rules that I didn't you know I can't relate to readily you know and I think most most people will agree with me on that even even if they're not gonna come talk to me about it so let me ask a technical oh there he is bloody hey come on come on up bloody welcome to uh, unsanctioned citizen Sunday
2: Give me five minutes, please. I'm with my mom. Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you called in. Yes. Just mute your mic and, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're at 3.06 p.m. Let me uh, look at some other synonyms and antonyms for antipathy. Because we're dealing with a lot of it. There's just a lot of... Uh, Antipathy in politics right now. So I'm going to go to the antonyms because those sound nicer. They are nicer. Amiability, amicability, civility, cordiality, friendliness, hospitality, neighborliness, comity, empathy, friendship, goodwill, sympathy, understanding. Those are antonyms for antipathy. Hello, Shane. Welcome How's to going, the unsanctioned citizen. Yeah, good. Good to see you.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Just a lot of what you're talking about is mainly within the relationship between people and their governments. No.
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm really getting stretched in that area. That that's that's where I'm getting stretched. How how is yeah, it for you to, to establish trust?
3: I mean pff, trust in the political system uh, not
1: necessarily just just trust in general i mean i'm I'm in like, constant conflict when it comes with to politics
3: when it comes to politics i mean there's a natural distrust doesn't matter what nation doesn't matter there what you go. like to, for a large portion of the population then there's always the, the 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 like you know the people who would go along with it and would be part of the movement and you know would be cultish in th- their favor to, you know in complete disregard I don't of trust everything that. else but like you know. When you get when you get to politics, you're right. You get all sorts. It's a spectrum, like everything in life, really. You know, you've got your diehards, you've got your people who absolutely hate them, and then you've got a lot of people who kind of like them and kind of dislike them in the middle. And there's more of them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. I mean, in general, when it comes to politics, I think a nice, healthy glass of distrust is always a good thing for anybody to have. You know, a psychic uh,
1: distance there. Just
3: so like. Just... A pinch of salt. salt is worth having in your pocket when you're when you're dealing with politics,
0: because mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: it'll go a long way, hey? Eh? Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, it, it's it is different on a personal level than a political level. Like, you know what I mean? The way you you, you deal with people on a daily basis, you don't. You know, I would, I personally would treat you know people way differently. You know, like as in like, you'd approach everybody with goodwill, and you know. No hang ups like obviously like exactly what you said like you you see somebody disheveled lying in the gutter you know not looking well you might be a bit averted going jays like you know you you might you might reach out I help them which i do quite often you know but you know sometimes you know that it's bad news <laughs> yeah but, sometimes uh,
1: it's it's what they call well there's a there's a the rare rabbit and some of the fables there's an American fable uh, regarding a character by the name of Bear Rabbit, and he'd he'd go on these tales. And one day he got tied up with something called a tar baby, and the tar baby was was a, a trap. It was basically a trap where, you know, he, he went to to approach the, the tar baby because it looked like it was you know for, forlorn. Uh, you know, it looked like he needed help. And he, he approached the tar baby and said, hey, do you need, do you need assistance? <laughs> kind of like, sir, are you in need of help? You know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, not responding. So he said, let me help you, brother. And he stuck his paws on, on the tar baby. And, of course, he got really tangled up in this tar. And that was the trap. And sometimes, sometimes people in trouble are kind of like that um they they yeah, put... for sure,
3: I mean it, yeah. you're almost going down the route of like the the classic victim, you know, like the classic victim is quite predatory, you know what I mean, somebody who is like people act the victim in a predatory way, you know, like,
1: yeah, it's... I mean they, that's that's something you can't trust, that's something you cannot trust if, if some, taking it, advantage.
3: it's taking it's, it's it's the classic like. Psychopathic kind of tendency, isn't it? Like it's <laughs> like you're 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 using everything to your advantage because you're selfish and you don't really care and your your empathy just isn't really there. So you really don't mind crushing the other person for your own benefit, oh my like you God. know. What
1: I mean? Yeah, I'm going to so invite like you to just, speak.
3: Some people, some people, roll their whole lives like from person to person, just draining all like a series of people over their lifetime, like you know. Yeah
1: that's, that's terrible. Like that. That's. An called vampirism of some sort like that that's like a psychic vampirism
3: it is it's vampire it's 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 vampire there's it a peric, peric uh, van, vamp. vampirism
1: <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, a pathological yeah. like parasitic behavior but i'm gonna invite you up yeah, to but speak do, so, it, it, do, you do you mind do you mind coming up to this yeah sure, so sure
3: i'm gonna whatever.
1: i'm gonna invite you to speak so just accept it Go. and then i can get bloody to out here to talk He keeps coming Hey Bloody, are you are you good? Can you can you talk yeah, to us? Yeah, I'm now?
2: good. I'm good. Sorry, my my caregiving needs I caught me right in the moment when I had. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. You know, well, we're cool. We're flexible. So, Care for your mom. It's yeah, good.
2: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so basically, what I want to say about trust and mistrust is right now our cover our current government situation, our government scene or here in America. Let me give you an example of why I, I'm so mistrusting of the government first they give us laws on the vaccine for Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. but they put in fine line Mm -hmm. that they don't have to take it anybody in congress does not have to take it that's a hypocrisy that's not trustworthy yeah that's 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 not
1: trustworthy no 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 and the
2: other one and the latest one this year was the passing of the quote-unquote inflation law uh, biden's inflation law so yeah they're going to send auditors Nine, about eighty-seven, ninety thousand 90,000 of them. But in the fine clause, Congress is exempt from having the FBI raid them or invest, audit them. That is the hypocrisy that I hate. The double standards that I'm tired of in government <clears throat> is no different than when, when government, gov- go, sorry, governors or state legislature or, or in this case, federal legislators, have gotten away from ha- sending their kids to war whether it's Vietnam or the subsequent war from from Vietnam so they, their kid gets uh, to get get away while the rest of the american people's children men mostly go out to war
1: hey so there's always ask you a double standard i'm, I'm going to yeah. break in and and ask you something i'm going to ask you to do something unusual that you probably are not asked to do every day i'm just going to ask you to workshop this with me If you could write down a list of, of, you know, because all lawmaking really is, is it's a list of how things should be according to the people. And um, I'm I'm used to to kind of doing my own little subletting, you know, pushing out model legislation because that's what I've done for years. You know, when things aren't to my liking, you know, I inform the legislators, here's what I would do if I were in your job. And then we fight or we talk, usually talk, not fight. Okay. But um, because you you want to talk first, and uh, but you you don't want to fight right away. You want to talk first. So typically, lawmakers want to know, well, what does this guy want? Okay, and I, I can tell you right now, what you want is you want parity. You want the government to suffer the same suffer with the, their lawmakers exactly. the way that you do.
3: Exactly. Not
1: this. Not this. This uh, feudalistic like. Surf parity agreement, where you know we are going to crucify you, and we are going to uh, impose this rule of law that we apply to ourselves. Now, I can tell you, sending out eighty-seven thousand IRS auditors to to put the the kibosh on, say you if you make over four hundred grand a year. Um, that's that's the proposal. That's the proposal. Now, Congress has been benefiting by self-dealing and insider trading for years. And there is a law evolving in the Senate with Josh Hawley that would cause them to stop being able to do that, close a loophole, if you will, or make it less lawful for them to do so. And <clears throat> that law is, is, seems like it's evolving. So if you could write down a list of things in this – because they, they are just rocketing through laws. Like they just, they just have a vote before you even know what happened. It didn't used to be like that. People would deliberate. They would have there, debates about the can laws. Can I jump in? Go ahead.
2: I got at least five down, not ten. Oh, good. One would be a, one would be a special law. That in times of inflation it doesn't matter who the hell that war like Ukraine you cannot fund them give them military service military aid of any type or weapons of any type mm-hmm. let them deal with their own problems since obviously they've had a problem with Russia for the longest so let them go at it and whoever wins right that would be yeah. one in times of inflation no no helping the, helping anyone for that matter mm-hmm. second mm-hmm. there should be laws that if you attempt to put laws that are against the people and in favor and that, that, that exempt you from also be, you know, like the vaccine or the uh, audit laws, you lose your powers immediately. You have to step down. There's no and, if or buts. Your, your, your monthly payment, your monthly uh, check mm-hmm. is cut out. No salary the, out of the 174, probably 180 by now with that raise. That Another thing is a raise. We allow you if you want a raise. $174,000? Damn, shit, I don't even make that much. Who are you to show up to to so many yeah. times, maybe 30, 30 days out of the whole 365 days a year, maybe 50 days at most. You show up for Congress, but you're paid like a boss. That's not right, either. I would return the, the congressional system back to a per diem system. You show up, you get paid. And it doesn't matter where uh, you, you come go. from. Hmm per diem you're going to learn to 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 earn your wage and you're going to do your job no more no more no more back deal groups with the corporations and i'm not being anti-capitalist i'm just let's put regulation and and no more secret uh, information for like what happened uh, at the at the at the start of covid that they uh, you know nancy pelosi has a husband that's involved in finance and stocks and immediately she put money into the big pharma no more of that, n- uh, of that nonsense. That is called insider trading. If anything is seen like that, you're arrested immediately, and court and jail. Plain simple. We got to crack down on a lot of these, these these rascals that just do whatever they want to do, get away with it. Everybody else they get a they, they get a slap in the hand, but everybody else goes to jail when they do the, okay, that. Okay, okay,
1: okay, Bloody, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it around because you this is part of the workshop. What are the three things that you actually trust? If you, if you, those are all like, you know, do these things to kind of dial it back. Tell, tell, tell the, uh, tell the audience, like, what you trust. Three things that you actually trust.
2: In general or in government?
1: Yeah, like, in general, it doesn't have to be the government. Just, just three things that you trust. Because we talk about I, a lot of, the, I, a lot of this, you know, antipathy. I,
2: I, I trust the, the honesty of many people talking in forums like here that will actually want to change the United States for better. Mm-hmm. That's one. Um, I believe second that a new political system by new parties that are not traditional that should be started by honest to good people that have never been in government but have life experience work experience and actually know what they're talking about should be allowed I would trust that a new political system by the people of the people no special interest no none of that nonsense I would trust that and I trust anybody around me that I love friends family even though I got to watch out for one of my friends who just lost his mind a little bit because of uh, uh, mini strokes, because of the COVID vaccine. Oh my I God. don't know if to trust my, I don't know if to trust my I'm glad anymore. you so mentioned, I'm
1: glad you said that out loud. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you said that out loud. A- mini strokes, according. Mini strokes,
2: 53 year old man, mini strokes, great, great mind, great intellectual philosopher type. I don't mm. know what's going to happen with him. Now I could have semi good conversations and, Right out of the blue, my my buddy who I trusted the most comes out with some of the craziest things, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, that person's been dead 15 years, and you still think they're around?" I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, we were doing good. <laughs> what happened?"
0: So, well, I mean, I can uh,
1: tell you that COVID's been hard on a lot of people mentally, and and mm-hmm. just as as a someone who I'm I'm not I'm not flawless, but I have done my own uh, treatment because I had a lot of brain fog because of COVID. I'm just going to admit it. I had a lot of brain fog. And
2: and I I want to say my last one. And I would trust the government if they all take the shot and they live up to the very word that (laughs) they yeah they live up to the very, yeah, I would trust the government. No, you wouldn't because they'd all be like Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) If they become with a Joe Biden, then we apply amendment 25 of them and they're out of office. So it's even better. You take the shot and if something happens, you're out. Go ahead. Okay,
1: Bloody, I'm gonna I'm gonna elevate you to speak. Okay, that way you can talk together. And then here comes Mace. Oh wait. Okay, Mace. Hello. Good to hear from you.
4: Ooh, so awkward. what
1: three? <laughs> so what are three things that you trust? and three things that you don't trust?
4: Um... I don't know, really. Uh, they, they were actually talking... I think what you're talking about is epistemology. Uh, which is, is it? Ha- well, yeah, because epistemology is basically, in layman's terms, how you decide if something is true or false. And
1: Okay, so do trustworthiness, you
4: trust epist- Trustworthiness, I, mean... I guess, is... Uh, how truthful you think a source is? Am I right? Okay.
1: I mean, it's it's up to you. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that. You know, I don't I don't have any point of disagreeing with that.
4: What do you mean by trust? then?
1: Well, I mean, trust is kind of like a personal perception thing. I'm going to ask perception based questions, and so so that people can refer to their own experience and maybe that's that's typically how I I do things, Um, I'll just explain my own process, I think that would be helpful Uh, if I say uh, here are three things that I trust then then you have a small frame or a small window into the things that that I find trustworthy and then if you say here are three things I do not trust then you also have a similar frame for the things that, you know well, when I talk to this person they're not going to trust XYZ because I gave them XYZ so uh, when we when we discuss together like just nominal basic things like I trust that there is a, a system of rule of law and uh, not everybody trust has to trust the, the laws that are out there as as we indicated or as I volunteered to you um, but but we can reform the laws that we don't like uh, and that's that's where the fight is. So, so you have to, if you can just think of one thing or one one quality of of your daily life that you can indicate trust, it would be it would be helpful.
4: Trust is a spectrum, as I understand it. Hmm. Um, oh, at least it is to me. Maybe to some people, they can. No, I mean that, that's that's a fair they... statement,
1: actually. You know, you can lose it. You know, you I have put it on the card system, you know, like you give give people a basic like like three cards of trust, like, hey, here's some basic trust. You know, if you violate it, then I'm gonna take take two of those cards away and you're left with one card of trust and I don't trust you as much. If I have to take the less the last card away, I'll be like, Don't trust that guy. <laughs> That's the spectrum you're talking about. That's what I believe.
4: Um... Oh, well what I meant was if it wasn't a spectrum, if it were a binary, then you could oh, okay. say for sure you either do or you don't trust a source. Oh but okay. For me, yeah. I can't say I definitely do trust anything. I think there's a degree of trust I have to some things, but I don't trust anything absolutely. I don't even trust myself absolutely. Everything <laughs> Is somewhere in the middle on my spectrum, if not towards the bottom there's there's nothing close to the top
1: okay, well, I mean trust to me is is something that accumulates or depreciates so I think yeah, for, that's, for that's me quite... it, just,
4: it just depreciates for me <laughs> huh I, I was so... much more I was much more trusting when I was younger as I've got older, I have become less gullible
1: okay. I'm, I'm perpetually gullible but I am also an optimist so I'm always looking for the hopeful you know I'm not looking for the answer you know but I am looking for something that will make things better and if I can improve the situation I'm, I'm gonna try to have a positive outlook and and manufacture a positive outcome if I can and I feel like I'll, I, I can trust an outcome um, that that I've worked hard to generate you know, that's, that's what I can trust. And I can trust people who've, who've helped me in that outcome more. I can trust them more, so to speak. I might not trust them to, like, wash my laundry, so to speak, but I'll trust them with this one thing. <laughs>
4: you know you, what I mean? <laughs> do you believe in any kind of supernatural stuff, like a religion or uh, astrology?
1: Um, I have a, a kind of a weird amalgam of belief systems and um, I'm gonna say that the most the dominant belief system I don't have like any gods above Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Spirit but um, but I, I have knowing I also have knowing an inherited lineage where uh, there's a lot of um, kind of shamanistic capability if you will which is a strange place to be in. It's like you're in this kind of like twilight of knowledge, and you have you have knowledge of things that people kind of would ordinarily reject unless they've been put into a place of that knowledge. Uh, but I don't mind it because I have it. <laughs> Sorry. I just don't. D. I don't mind it, you know. And I don't mind that other people are are having having more more belief systems, you know, because because that's the way it is. That's the way D. of the world. I, I go ahead.
4: D. Do you trust the Bible?
1: I trust the actions in the Bible. You know, like if you act upon it, you know. Let's let's say the Bible was a was a grimoire instead of a Bible. <laughs> People don't like it when I say that, but you know, let's say the Bible was a grimoire, and you begin to act upon the words in it. Um, then I think that those words actually have power.
4: Do you see the Bible as an accurate recording of historical events?
1: The truth is is, I don't know if it is.
4: so you don't trust it.
1: I don't know. I can't say one way or the other. All I can do is i I don't know <laughs> i don't i mean, but I don't feel the burden of proving that the Bible is a historical document. you know i I just don't feel a real big burden to to do that. So I, I don't I don't feel like it's my job in life to prove the Bible.
4: Uh okay, yeah, that's fair.
1: So I I mean and that's just that's the kind of like faith-based thing. It's like I feel like, you know, a faith is something that you do rather than something that you you so
4: uh, empirically like, validate. Obviously <laughs> the Bible the Bible's obviously met your epistemological standard for truth in some way, but you yeah, just don't and, know. Yeah, and that's what because that I had a spiritual experience.
1: Also. I'm sorry, Maze. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of gushy about this. That's
4: okay. You, so you <laughs> don't know what your epistemological standard is for truth, and also you don't care.
1: Well, I don't I don't say that I don't care or or you know maybe it's it bears more consideration or more articulation. Maybe I'll have to work on it for you.
4: Uh, well be my that's homework. the position i am in. they were actually talking about epistemology on the Pangburn hangout i think it was just like yesterday they're always before. talking
1: about epistemology on the well Pangburn they, hangout. they
4: did they did a whole show on it and i couldn't i couldn't stick with it like it was just too boring for me no offense to thomas the host but it was so boring because for me i don't know what my epistemological standard is and i don't care either like, if something convinces me, <laughs> me, then I'm just you like, know what? okay, I'm convinced. I don't need to think that deeply about why I'm convinced. I just know I'm convinced, so, you know, I don't need to know.
1: I was a philosophy major for about ten minutes. And um, I really loved it because I'd have, like, these, these animated conversations. And then, of course, there was always kind of like this... Curmudgeon in the crowd is like, you're only going to use this at cocktail parties. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, I would prefer to know why I believe what I believe, and of course, this person, you know, they're going to go off in business and you know, you know, rake rake someone over the coals and shake them down and, and do do vi- you know visceral business deals. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I want to know why things happen the way they happen. So that's why I became a philosophy major for like. One semester, <laughs> but I didn't make it for the same reason you didn't make it, Mace. I can't. I couldn't hang out. Oh my god, what a snooze fest! Oh dear Jesus! You know the most, the fun, most fun that I would have is when they were doing deconstruction. You know, where basically we take peck down somebody's like logic, and I realize that that's because I'm I have a political inclination to kind of you know peck down people's you know rationale in the debate, and so I, was, I already had some practice, and that's why I did that. But yeah, some all newsfests. In in many cases, it's it's kind of like dressing up. You know, putting lipstick on economy, an economist, and he was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go dancing tonight." Yeah, with, with the economy. Woo! <laughs> super boring. Yeah. You know, it's financial science. It's not. It's not. I'm gonna bring you up to uh, to talk, or to the speakers, and then we're gonna talk to Jonathan. Jonathan's pretty interesting. So I'm gonna invite you to speak, and then I'm gonna bring up Jonathan. Next caller. Okay. Hey, Josh.
5: Hey, how's it going?
1: Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? So uh, tell us. Tell us what you trust, and one thing that you trust, and one thing that you don't trust
5: trust them trust the method of how to decide what's real and what's not real okay that's okay a method yeah i don't like absolute certainty is something i don't think we have real access to everybody takes things on testimonials i've not looked at the far side of the moon with my own eyes how do we choose what to believe and what not to believe Mm. so i went into oh god it must have been substitute teaching a seventh or eighth grade class or something. And there was a flat earther. I think they were younger than that. Now that I'm thinking about it. But that means, you know, his parents were flat earthers. And so I'm like, you know what? You're right to be skeptical, but why well, do I believe what I believe? It's not just because someone told me, it's because it, it connects a lot of disparate dots. It explains a lot of things away all with one thing. Like the ancient people needed a thousand stories for why Zeus caused the lightning or, Persephone caused the seasons or God put a rainbow in the sky to make a promise to Noah. But I can take this one story instead of, it's not even a story. It's just a picture. And with that one picture goes ice caps, rainbows, tides, uh, trade winds, uh, days, months, and years. Like I can explain everything with this one picture and I don't need a thousand stories. And that's why I'm going to believe the earth is round and not flat Hmm. now if you want to go down a philosophical rabbit hole of whether my belief in that system is justified you can do that but like uh, I think it was Mace who said I don't need to know why I trust that method it's just Mm -hmm. like trusting your own mind I guess the first two chapters of Descartes are actually pretty solid you know you exist Yeah.
1: yeah you're having it you're having experience you're
5: having it So that's the the diamond. The epistemological diamond is your own mind, and that, and this is what comes. This is the method of like decision making. And I I think I said something like that in Abby Martin's podcast. So I was like, "Well, what's the thing that explains? What's the key, the linchpin of the Middle East? Well, it's uh, Caesar's divide and conquer. Because like when you look through that lens, every single thing makes perfect sense. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, my little brother was in Iraq, but..." How many times did he switch which side he was giving guns to back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? It's all just to uh, keep them at each other's throats, so make no one win, and make no one win. Oh, like, yeah, like, and that,
1: no that, that, in, that in, in and of itself, that, 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 um, that oscillation of, of side switching, fence sitting, um, that makes a lot You're of quiet. people uneasy because they don't, because it it just does make a lot of people uneasy because they don't they don't feel like there's going to be a continuity of values uh in a person like they're they're going to switch allegiances it may it's great for comic books but um in in real life it's it's really unnerving it can be really nerve-wracking because you don't know what that person actually values or what their what their core driving force is for decision making and 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 statecraft if well, that's what
5: they're doing themselves you know they might not so there might be some
1: operationalist that's paid to to do that and that is untrustworthy in and of itself on my end i don't know what you think yeah. but i'll volunteer that i don't trust that
5: i'm not gonna <laughs> pretend like i understood every single word that you just said uh-huh. but I, the, the inability to trust your own mind is probably the most terrifying thing and i was like and if you know that you don't – it's like you look at all – how am I not going to be a hypocrite when I'm prodding my neighbors for being like, oh, yeah, I watch the news just to see what they're bullshitting about. It's like, oh, you think you're strong enough not to be propagandized that you'll see the, the, between the lines whether the story is about whether this somebody's good or evil. What they're really telling you is this guy's. Imp- this is what is important. This is where your attention should be. This is where your conversations on calling should revolve around. Uh, and and you know what? I,
1: and people are allowed to to volley that. It's an offering, you know. And, and just because someone will propagandize toward me, doesn't mean that I accept that. That's the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a real solid of my own mind. At least I think I do. At least today I do.
5: Yeah.
1: Um, you know when it gets when it gets bad, and I I really start getting fuzzed or kind of clouded or really. You know someone's really making a concerted effort to to cloud the emotions or make the water muddy I don't trust that and I'll just withdraw um, <clears throat> until things settle down like the abortion issue I really felt like like people were deliberately making muddy to try to elicit some sort of outcome so I, di- I the didn't trust mud that. Is,
5: the, making... mud is the exceptions like but you don't govern to the exception. You govern to the rule and abortion is ideal example. Cause they literally use the word exception mm-hmm. for this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. but th- what about the rule? The r- the exception is when it's less of a, a tragedy. You could argue it's always a kind of a tragedy, but you know, at least you had a good reason. Whereas it's worse and always tragic when you like have a young, healthy person who wants a child and they're only not doing it. Cause they don't feel like they're like financially stable enough. You know, so or or they
1: or, or you know there's many reasons there's many private reasons why people choose or do not choose to have children. And you know I, I would say the most most important one is that they have not found the appropriate mate to breed with <laughs> uh, to, to raise the child with. And a lot of times yeah. people people will have a pregnancy, but they don't they're not with the appropriate mate. They're breeding ahead of the, the the making of a choice made to, to bring in the family. So they put the cart before the horse. But that's how a lot of families begin, but it's not how like they stay together. So people but try uh, yeah, to make less miserable. It, yeah, it does happen.
5: But this also happens that it's like, I would be doing this except for the money. Oh, and if we both admit that the that, that are both real, then we're really just haggling over price, right? Like at what percentage of the time is it one versus the other? But I'm, I guess I'm sort of looking to point at, if not below the percentage that it's, yeah, it's, it's would be, I'd do it would, but for the, but for the poverty, but for the scarcity and precarity, it's all manufactured. Yeah, sort of I, I and it's still always somebody else's
1: decision. And the other, the other thing that kind of bothers me about the whole situation is why is it my responsibility to, to kind of like police someone else's pregnancy? I, I hate being put in that position.
5: Yeah, I'm still, you know, I'm still the same, uh, like 2012 opinion. I'm like, it's not the government's business. <laughs> eh, no, really. The not, they
1: business. they don't make babies. They don't they don't make babies. Yeah. They don't make computers. They don't make anything. The government doesn't make anything. <laughs> the yeah. only thing they make mm-hmm. is laws and, and, and prognostications. Okay, they, don't, they don't manufacture anything. So when, a baby is a creative process. Like if, if a human being comes to the world, that's a creative thing. But governments don't make babies. And so I think when this whole abortion thing, that, that there's a premise or an underlying premise that the government shall make babies. And they don't make babies. People make babies. Governments don't make babies.
5: They're trying to make workers. So there's another linchpin. Does it keep yeah. the cost of labor down? If the answer to whatever question you're asking is explained away by it keeps the cost of labor down, then that's why it exists. Like, including, well, well according habit, to who? Because there's
1: is, there is certainly, I, I owe them nothing. They do not rule me. This is what I do not trust. I do not trust people whom I have no agreement with and no no agreement with. I have a I have a consent based agreement with my government and in which I can I have redress. I have a process that I can go to. I have no process with these hidden, you know, hidden hands that are out there. But you know, I managed to find a way. <laughs> I'll manage to find a way. Because I, I tell them no anyway. I tell them no anyway. So there, there is power in your no And saying I do not trust you you have no power here you have no jurisdiction here and this is not your place so once you start saying those things out loud those are law those are kind of laws that you are making you're drawing lines and boundaries and saying you know with I guess your energy with your spirit, with you know these are non substantial things that that you may call true or untrue but in many cases, they are very real, because I can tell you, when the experience is from their end, these things must be real, because they don't like being told no. And when you tell them so, you tell them, you shall not pass, this is, this is a boundary, and you shall not, shall not go here, or I will invoke the government, go get a lawyer, do whatever. Um, they get angry. They get angry. So um they don't like being told no. So.
5: Yeah, no one does.
1: Uh you know, you know, it's not but it's still not their place. Like it's like this is my stuff, these are my boundaries, this is not your place, this is not yours to manage. <laughs> this is not your yeah, pie. It's
5: like proprietorship is the sort of end all be all.
1: Okay, I have to wrap it up in about three minutes. Do you want to come come up to the speakers' group? Sure. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to bring up. I think that this is fun to have more speakers, and then we have a we have a gavel of speakers, a gallery of speakers. Seen this done in many shows, in many cases with the Pangborn Hangout. More people, more than two people may enter a conversation. This is a very
5: Pangborn conversation.
1: Oh, it is. I mean, and I—I I am frequently in Pangburn. In fact, we've got a Pangburn hang right now. Actually, Mace is here, and Vlad is here, and I'm here. So this is very Pangburn-ish. Even—even <laughs> even though it's this room, you know, a, lo- a lot of discussions these are actually tend to be pretty popular. But I'm—I'm I'm only we're
5: talking doing... about faith. We didn't call it that, but no, no, that's we're not. kind of what we're talking about.
1: Well, there's, there's trust and you know what do you trust and what do, what do you not trust so we,
5: you have an epistemological horizon and everything past it is taken on faith that was a good <laughs> illustration done by neil deGrasse when he talked about the god of the gaps he was like ptolemy saw the planets and that was his epistemological horizon he couldn't explain it away so that must be god And then galileo explains that away but he doesn't understand why it's everything's an elliptical orbit so he says that's god and then newton comes along and figures that out but he doesn't know why gravity exists at its exact force so that must be god it's like you're just kicking this can down the road and it's just it just becomes a word for what you don't understand
1: well maybe maybe the uh the, it, this is the thing this is the fish that we're trying to grasp with our hands is that that we we must, we must know, we must be able to, to Maybe you got to be
5: okay with not knowing.
1: That's, that's the other thing, you know, and a lot of people are not, are, are not okay with not knowing. That is, that is I like that, 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 the that
5: you said though, you, when you're like, I don't know if the Bible's true, I was like, good for you. You just like, I'd say, <laughs> I don't know.
1: I, I historically, I don't, I, and, and the thing is, is that I don't bear the it's burden. It's
5: hard to admit for, like, for some, for some people, it seems like, I don't know, it's like, uh, it's like you've just shot their puppy in there. Really mad if they're well. I mean, I'm not, and it. I'll tell
1: you why. Because I am not a person. There, there are several, many, many different types of Christians, Jonathan, and uh, in the Christian diaspora, especially in America, you you come here to actuate your your belief system and to to do your faith to do it. But there's a lot of Christians out there who who believe that they're going to breathe. The faith into existence,
0: literally. Like I,
1: will, yeah. Even, well, there are there are a fair amount of evangelicals who believe that they will just make more Christians. If I manufacture well, babies, that's how
5: all of them were made. Well, I mean, if no, that. it's
1: not. I mean, well, missionaries did make babies, but the whole point is to share your faith. That's not really how the Bible does it. You know, that's the, how
5: the New Testament does it.
1: The New Testament. I don't know where that it's comes from, Jonathan. I, I, nobody has ever relations. given me a, a scriptural basis. The only scriptural basis for Christendom is that you believe in Christ, okay? You accept the gospel, the, 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 the basic generic gospel, which is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the fractured relationship uh, sin of the whole of mankind and for this sacrifice we adopt this belief that god takes away the sins of the world and then in exchange we are we are renewed in a righteousness a form of righteousness and the righteousness doesn't come from our deeds or our works it comes from grace which is the ability to to believe in god and for god to to train us spiritually that there's a new spirit that is born from this that's what it means to be born again a new spirit is born and then you pursue God in a new way and then that relationship trains you into a new consciousness a new new understanding about what is what is right what is wrong how to do how to not do it doesn't mean that we're we are completely perfected overnight or that we will never sin again it just means that the orientation on things is that we reach for for what is renewed we become renewed and we leave that which is old and dead behind and we exchange it for a new life and so that's the promise. The promise of the faith of the Christian faith is is that essentially. Okay? So I did my gospel duty today. For anybody who knows that that no, one that of the tenets really of the faith is that you share your your faith that way. Okay? So I did it. I did it, God. <laughs> but
5: for, why isn't it enough that that whole thing is allegorically true? I, I don't like know, man. I mean,
1: I don't I don't make the rules, but there's a lot of Christians who who want more rules. They want it to be harder in? than that. Go ahead.
2: It can't be allegorically true because the language is not allegorical the language is not mystical. Like, let's say a Greek I just mean pluralize
5: everything that you made singular. Like, we as a group will all achieve this new state of consciousness where we are, like, compassionate and saved. And well, I mean, a- I can
1: say for myself individually, but it's an individual choice when you adopt this faith that that, that is what... What the exchange is that you shall be renewed, and then you will be accepted into to God's kingdom based on this grace. Now, everybody doesn't agree. Just,
5: Go ahead. Even if it's just scientifically true that, like, we're all going to sink or swim together, just like as a factual belief, that independent of anything supernatural, it can be true that we're we're either going to swim or sink as a, as a group, and there's only one way that's going to be a swimming. And that's not with the uh, continuation of imperialism, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I, I don't know where that came from. but The,
5: know, the, the we... point is I don't need this whole. The, it's the extra step to be like, it's all literally true. And that's why you need to believe in it. Like it makes sense independently of any kind of faith-based reasoning like that. And the, the, I can't discern why everything has to be literally true in order to be effectively true.
2: I, I would believe that if the Christ story coming to earth in his mission he died on a cross, you know died crucified by Christ Jesus uh, Glorified was not true. Then it would be like any other religion It would be mythological, but those stories those narratives that did happen Red Sea Square did happen The deluge did happen
0: yeah, and, deluge. Where, uh,
2: and, and and you know you know where I would not believe the Bible if it wasn't true if it didn't protect the Jewish people if the Jewish people would have died like let's say the Philistines or any other group a long time ago then I know the Bible wasn't true but God's been honest and faithful to keep his promises and to maintain his remnant first as his people then as his church his people are the Jewish nation made up now as a mosaic because it's not the original Jew we're getting different disputes but the church are the Gentile nations and like again, all that has been fulfilled exactly like what God has wanted. Is it over? Not yet. The prophecies have come true, Jonathan, believe it or not. You could test prophecies. There's been over 1,500 prophe- 1, fifteen hundred prophecies fulfilled to the letter and they're irrefutable.
5: The doomsday prophets always write eventually because the day comes and goes in cycles. So yeah, I don't. I don't need doom to be.
1: Can, can I break it's in here? True. I just. I just need to, to break in here. Now there is a strain of Christianity that I think is pretty awful. Um, like I said, that there's many strains of Christianity, and the, the, you know, uh, I mean, what people have done in Christendom has actually been more more affecting of people in Christendom. You know, because what happened at one point in Europe is that everybody became a Christian. Well, how do you stratify after that? How do you how do you stratify the kingdom? if everybody is to be your brother in love and it's not that way and so they started to to kind of make war on one another nations still came to war with one another in Europe even though they were christian nations and that was pretty hard for them to to kind of so the vatican became a political player and, and a lot of people didn't didn't like that so so thus the evolution of like the anglican church and you know they're like well we want to split off from the Vatican because they're they're kind of subjective corrupted political actors now instead of just you know people who are emissaries of of God's a own faith and
5: printing press let them all loose on each other oh gosh
1: you know and then you know if you watch a, a series episode of, of Vikings you know these Vikings were slaying other Vikings you know in in, in the take they're like well you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna slaughter these Christians over here because they're in, they're in the wrong land. They're in the land that I want to to take. So in the they these Viking raiders went into they were Christians, converted to the faith, and then they went into you know somewhere in England and then they killed Anglican priests and people who who live there.
5: Uh, Northumbria.
1: Okay, yeah. So that, that's the story, as I understand.
5: I saw it. Uh,
1: so That's so right right it was a good show but it was it was actually pretty cleansing for me I'm like ah well, yeah at two, least at least Vikings we know then. where it comes we from <laughs> so,
2: so where are the, so where are the reparations there from the Vikings to the English? Well,
1: I, I'm just I'm just indicating that that you know the, this is, the the way of man is to to not be spiritual that way and to commit war on one another it has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. So when people have a complaint about Christendom or Christianity, it's because they're confused with the, the political make taking that ends up happening as a result That's of spiritual behavior.
5: Strategy, don't let him tell you that what what it means to be a conservative or a right winger. He's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm Richard Nixon. I'm going to go tell everybody that I uh, agree with their religious beliefs, as to get them to vote for their own. Devaluation and all <laughs> the countries also they print money to do it, and and, and see, and that's that's evil. Like, that's that's that's, that's what I
1: call taking the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> you,
5: yeah. know, that's, that's you know, patent it's that's evil. I, it is, it is. That's yeah, good. It thing.
1: is that. That's exactly what it means to take take the Lord's name in vain. And you're like, I'm going to to wear this Jesus jersey, and then I'm going to go commit genocide. So there. In which well, they you know, all, tell- all
5: genociders did it in the u s
1: Genociders. <laughs> yeah. team that's genocide a word that's real. <laughs> so, so I have said before in the past that there there are Christians out there that don't know the difference between Christ and genocide. They like merge together. They're still there like mentally God is
5: pro-genocide in the book of Samuel yeah no they're
1: because, not no uh, he is not God loves yeah, his let creation. me tell the story
5: Samuel goes okay. to uh, what's his name Saul he goes to Saul who's supposed to kill who's supposed to genocide the Amorites or the Elamites or Canaanites or some one of these ites who can remember but anyway he's got the king there and he took some of the spoils and Samuel walks in the tent he, he takes Saul's sword out of its sheath walks to the Amorite king let's call him that and stabs him through the gut and kills him and then he goes to saul he's like i told you to kill everyone i told you to kill the goats the cows the women the children Salt assault the earth and you didn't listen to me yeah. your genocide wasn't thorough enough therefore you will be unseated and make david king instead of you the
1: amalekites because you're weak do you remember do you, Ma- i amalekites, have a story i writes. have a personal st- the amount it was the amalekites and i'll tell you what this means I went and I attended the church, the First Assembly of God um, in a base adjacent area. It was a green zone in in the region of Panama, the Panama Canal area, Panama, Panama City. And um, my youth pastor had the mic that Sunday, and he did a series on getting the Amalekites out of your life. And it, it stuck with me just it for one to reason. Earth. To to he had to cleanse. He didn't. He's like you have to get rid of all the Amalekites in your life. And that I guess the real lesson there was like there there are these there's these little devils that are, you know, God, autocratic that you should get rid of all of them. Um, but they weren't persons. They were they were concepts. So they were kind of moved into the area of like, these are bad things in your life that God is against. And you should get rid of all of them.
0: and it took Pastors are really itself. cute
5: when they do this though, because yeah. it's like, I guess probably innocent sometimes, but I'm like, do you get how racist you sound when you're like, we need to get these goddamn Phoenicians and throw them into the sea. I was like, come on, hear well, that's It's super like that.
1: old Testament and, and Jesus is new like, Testament. And you know, you can haggle about that, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I'm going to assign the room. To a substitute while I step away for a few minutes. Hey, Brady, do you oh, want to talk?
5: Need leadership. <laughs> I, I, prom-
1: I Yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, it's it's uh, it's become basically a, a, a proxy Pangburn hangout, actually. Um, so. Okay.
0: I'm-, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually hand the mic to to Jonathan while I step away for a few minutes. And oh my then God, you guys a lot just, of responsibility. Just just keep it going, bro. I, I know you can do it.
5: Okay, so Isaac said the Assyrians are coming, and they all threw stones at him and they threw vegetables at him, and they said, "You're crazy. Get the fuck out of here." And then the Assyrians came and they killed everybody. And then Jeremiah said the Babylonians are coming, and no one believed him either and they threw stones at him, threw rotten tomatoes, made him feel like he was crazy. He thought he was crazy. They all went crazy because it's a terrible job because you know it's not, no one's going to listen. And then the Babylonians came and killed everyone. And then Daniel said, the Persians are going to come. The Thicke king actually believed him, but he was right. And they came and they killed everyone. So the Doomsday prophet is always right eventually. There's always the doom. Everything will crash and sort of has to, restart. Growth is never perfectly linear. So that's me just filling up time. What are you thinking of Brady?
0: Except you know, they're they're right except for when they're not. So you know, um who is being who is? a doomsday prophet prophet is, profit, profit is okay. really not actually that hard of a job. It's just you're just pointing out the obvious it's really dangers easy. Facing the civilization. And it's like okay if we fail this is what's gonna happen. And I mean, you know, sometimes they're right. Um Sometimes they're wrong. (laughs) It's nice when they're wrong. You know, I I, I look forward to being pleasantly surprised myself. I look forward to being wrong in that way. So I I love to be proven wrong. But yeah, I can totally relate to the dude being like, hey, guys, if we don't do this, shit's gonna happen. And then the shit happens. I'm like, I was right again. You know, like being right gets old after It it didn't take long before. Being right gets old.
5: Pointing out hypocrisy is like shooting fish in a barrel at this point. It's not even really fun anymore.
0: Yeah. So, you know, um, relatable. Yeah. But um, I don't think there's anything magical about being a prophet, really. (laughs) It's just someone with a functional... Um cortex and neocortex they can kind I like of like
5: Zizek's point about like he's what what if it takes a doomer though? Like because the only reason that you would possibly think that the necessary steps to take are important enough to take now and at any cost is if you are operating under the assumption that it is highly already highly unlikely that we're gonna make it out of here alive. And and if you unless you're really embracing the dismal uh, odds that we face there is no way you are going to be animated enough to change your own behavior much less help to change everyone else's vis-a-vis political bullshit whatever it is that you do direct action
0: fantastic point which leads me back to my philosophy that we need a psychedelic revolution or renaissance before we have any kind of political revolution i think that's the the key fundamental aspect to getting any kind of real functional action done.
5: I think changing uh, one law might be easier than changing the consciousness of an entire culture.
0: Changing one law would be easier, right? Um, Brady. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can kill two birds with one stone if you legalize psychedelics.
5: but Do you think? I don't know if the uh, the one is needed for the other. I think you can change the law without having a massive enlightenment. Maybe I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, we, we, but
0: like, then you—what have you done about the central bank at that point? Like, what have you done? We, we could go there, from, but I
5: want to say, let wants to say
0: something.
2: No, yeah. you got to be careful. Look, look, uh, Brady. I understand your love for psychedelics. I probably share a little bit, uh, especially That's for the pressure. people people that that need it. You, you know, we had this talk. I don't disagree. The uh, regarding the central bank, something could be done, but of course. We need to remember, I think, uh, under Trump, he wanted to put uh, NESARA, which was an update to, to John F. Kennedy's NESARA plan, which was to give us a flat tax and finally put the central bank in, in possession of the United States instead of it being a separate body. Because everybody thinks that because we have a Federal Reserve, it, it belongs to us. No, it belongs to the actual Rothschild, Rothschild uh, banking industry. So it could be taken away from them. That problem could be resolved with a good executive order, and then taken to Congress and, and, and put into the law books. I agree. Yeah, yeah. and, and you, that, that problem with the central bank, I promise you, Brady, the bankers from like the Rothschild family and all that, they're going to scream bloody murder and come with all kinds of shit, but let them come at it. We'll go to war with them if they have to. I don't think they'll be able to stand out, yeah. but there will be some bodies, people that will have to die, unfortunately, people that are loyal to them within the Congress, that, government.
0: With that all and that could be brought... Body. Yeah, must go ahead, involved in my plan You know, man, um, like we don't need to necessarily go to war with them. What we need to do is figure out a better way of living that's even better than their way of living. And they'll want to join us. You know what I mean? Instead of us wanting to join them, instead of people wanting to become billionaires, we're going to have people wanting to. To write the coolest song or make the coolest piece of art, or you know what I mean, we're gonna have much more admirable This, this, is, this is what science. I would propose. Yeah, this
2: the, this is what it. I would that's propose. That's
0: how we do
2: it. This is what I would propose. Since everybody talks about cutting down, uh, you know how so much money is is uh, built is, is spent on the uh, you know the big military industrial complex. What I would do is give enough money to everybody to be to self-sustaining, self-supporting. And never have to look at anybody, never ha- again have to go back to work. Anybody that's raising a family, anybody who wants to start a business, that's up to you. You have a, your house bought two cars per family. You do what you want with them, but don't ever be bothering or asking for anything else. But give at least a million or two to people with families and get them going. Hi, give them enough you know, for retirement so they, so they could, could be well. There's money that could be placed in people's hands. I would take literally right-
5: 40 for- acres and a mule.
2: Hey, I'm down with that, brother. You know, Wisconsin. Here I come. You know, anything. Like, like it's weird Jesse. how
5: sort of that is about the right line where I would really think about it. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty I'll, sure. I'll, I'll I'm pretty worry, sure Brady my w- life around this. I'm pretty sure Brady
2: would would be would would be happy put, being put in his own land. I think he does permaculture, grow his own mushrooms and all that. Where he talks about psychedelic. And somewhere where he's not bothered, he could actually contribute to society with his knowledge, understanding, working with other people, teaching other people, you know, more creative, productive things instead of the nine, the drag of the nine to five bullshit. And then going into traffic, coming out to traffic, you lose like about two to three to four hours, depending on where you're at, when you drive, having to go shopping. I mean, something where we could work as a community, put the politics bullshit away. Let's start loving and caring for each other. And And, and Brady, if you want to get... Do all the psychedelics. Just make sure you don't ruin yourself. You know what I mean? I, I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, like, but like somewhere alcohol, where you're able to live like at peace with your dog. Alcohol literally
0: destroys your brain cells. Like, like alcohol literally destroys brain cells. Right? You get drunk, you're going to lose some brain cells. That's all there is to it. And mm. when you do psychedelics, they actually increase the neuronal connectivity of your brain and stimulate the growth of new brain cells. It's like an Etch-A-Sketch.
5: You just shake it up and start over. Can, like, it's not.
0: No, that's it's not exactly what it's doing. It temporarily, um, just uh, it, just it temporarily bypasses your default mode network, which is your normal waking consciousness. And then, as soon as the effects wear off, your default mode network comes right back to life the way it was before. Um, only you have
5: mode network. You make it sound so, I mean, the
0: technical term for the, the
5: ah, yeah, I get it.
0: Um, circuitry of our brains that kind of deal with like driving a car, putting your shoes on, going to work, all that kind of stuff, you know, Um, all that kind of stuff gets put on the on the side burner, and your brain is fully devoted or committed to experiencing awareness and consciousness and just full awareness. And it connects parts of your brain that normally don't communicate with each other and stuff like that. And so it allows for interesting connections to be made and enhanced. And then yeah. when you turn your, your network back on, you have a much cleaner, um, more functional, smoother, harmonious operating system or kind of background operating system for your network to, to run on.
5: <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. But I th- think the, if there is such a thing as sort of a massive, uh, what's the word, like super conscious, like, a collective yeah collective unconscious awakening or sort of a shift in the way of thinking that has to happen it's maybe less to do with even the empathy and the psychedelic awakening it's there's like a whole other literacy problem that's a barrier between anything happening and anything not happening like his idea or my idea or your idea like if mine is to I mean, what if you just have the treasury give the security okay, so right to, the banks to, to
0: me, it the seems fight. like we have two options. We can either focus our energy on getting psychedelics uh, safely available to every human on the planet, or we could focus on something else.
5: I'd rather have safely so available to everybody on the planet. What
0: what other what other singular mission would be more important than Giving people access to the plant medicines that have benefited mankind for thousands of years. I think
5: Vlad even said it. Like he, he almost described the Homestead Act. He was like, "Do it again."
1: Hey, hey, Brady! I just okay, wanted to yeah, check so in. People- I'm, you guys are doing great. I'm, 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 I'm actually in a meta type of way indicating that there is trust here. I'm leaving the room. I'm coming back. And no one's blowing
2: each other up. I thought you were engaging in the metaphysical metaphysical with us right here. The meta and the physical. We (laughs) have to bring both together, all in unison, with all mind. We might as well be just a gigantic Borg here on Earth. A Borg like in Star Trek. We are the Borg. Resistance is futile kind of thing. But anyway, I wanted to say this. What do you guys uh, think of this? Hold hold, hold on, what do you think of this? Something beyond the the Homestead Act. With a strike of a pen and with Congress, do away with the FDA, make criminalize the, the drugs that they have taken from herbs and reestablish a natural alternative herbal medication by law. Instead of calling it quackery, do intensive research into it and start applying that. Because everything that comes from the ground like plants that have been proven to be medicinal plants are needed now than more than ever before, and we don't need all this crap that they make at the FDA through Big Pharma. What do you think of that? That's my idea.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know?
2: With a strike of a plan, Vlad- President Vladimir Rikas comes in and does away with the FDA with uh, Big Pharma forever. In fact, I incarcerate everybody immediately.
0: Okay, I think you need to chill out and clean out a little bit. Um, oh, man. <laughs> instead of cars I, on go, I thought we
2: were do? on this
5: together if i had to but... choose between ending the drug war and doing free housing i would do free housing not that i don't want to end the drug war but see, but free housing
0: like... is free housing would be an inevitable outcome of ending the drug war um with people's minds liberated I was gonna and say that imagine imagine <clears throat> uh, well how does that work you know like if everyone has a house, sort of, though, okay, like, how, how do we it, it, it's, it's, it's much easier.
2: It's much easier than you think, guys. Doing away with big pharma, the big billions of dollars, putting them on something like the narco, uh, the one that they caught in Mexico, El Chapo, taking the billions of dollars away, justifying, taking their trillions of dollars away, and using it for the public. since they helped destroy it in, people through the opioid of fentanyl. And guess what? We're going to use their money to rebuild people a new society for the next generation.
0: That's a, I think everyone would agree with that.
5: Yeah, I would like to replace all taxes with just a wealth tax or land at the state level. How, about, how, about, a, how about a
0: flat about.
2: tax? Flat tax across. Well, well whether, no more whether it's checks.
5: flat or progressive, and I, by progressive, I just mean tiered. You know. Like it go, the percentage goes up as the amount goes up, whether it's flat or progressive in that way, as long as it's only on low velocity money, aka wealth, not income, not even inheritance, not sales, not FICA, not nothing except just wealth. Then you'll achieve what you're talking about too.
2: Something to look into.
5: That's what I would do.
0: So did everybody already drop their top three trusts and top three mistrusts? Go ahead. You're next. I'm next. My top three trust, examples of trust. I trust Whitney Webb. I would trust um, James Corbett. And I trust – who else do I trust in this world? I trust Cornell West. But he doesn't spit out a lot of news or information. He's just a really it's good philosopher. A
5: pr- a pre- for, yeah, preacher.
0: or a uh, philosopher, yeah. yeah. And I, I trust that guy. You know, I'll, I'll make him, I'll put him up there. I believe that he's a genuine person. <laughs> both him
5: and Chris Hedges do have the affect of a preacher because Hedges yeah. literally is a preacher. and
2: Well, well, they, well, well Hedges, they, well, Hedges they does have, have the training. Children. I think he trained to be a minister presbyterian
5: Yeah, he's mm-hmm. ordained a member of the yeah. clergy.
0: And my top three mistrusts would be, who I think is full of shit? Top three. These
1: are people, by the way.
0: Technically anything coming from any government. I, I automatically distrust any government. I mistrust um, employers. Um, I mistrust uh, psychopaths in general. Anyone who okay. exhibits any kind of psychopathic behavior.
1: These are bodies of people and people. All, All of... Brady's trusts are people.
0: Yes. I guess I never They're really all people answered based. It. Yes. I have a lot of faith in science and stuff, but I feel like a lot of that's really kind of given. I feel like it's kind of rare to be able to find people you trust. Like, what what three people do you guys trust in the world that aren't, like, friends or immediate family?
5: Hmm. Giannis Varoufakis. Brianna Joy Gray. Uh, I mean, trust to be honest, even if I think they're wrong about something. That list goes on and on. Even Rainbow Ray and Alfonso from the Blockworks Macro Channel and that other Finnish guy and two or three podcasts, even Abby Martin. Nice. Doesn't I mean Abby I agree Martin. with everything that she says, but I think that she's, you know, a good faith actor.
0: Genuine. Yeah, I think she's genuine. Her and her husband both very genuine people. Mike Presner. Husband, those nice very good people. Man. I was very happy to see them get together. <laughs> it I broke my heart I a little bit. I didn't even know that, that Abby. Abby
1: was married. You know, I, I didn't yeah, know anything
0: a about baby, Abby. A baby with him and everything. She's a mama now. Oh, is and, that
1: right? You know, well, good. For yeah, her. I'm,
0: I'm not even mad at it, man. I had the biggest crush on her for so long, but not even mad at the man. You know, because well, he's the perfect she was man. Well, the babe R-
1: on RT R- for a long time. You could, you could see
0: absolutely. her absolutely queen bee. <laughs>
1: So all of that, all of that, guys. Thank you for stopping in. Uh, I'm gonna wrap it there. It's almost 4:15. We've done this for like an hour, so I mean, this, is, this is double time for uh, the trust versus antipathy. I, I feel more unified. I don't. I don't feel like there was any any explosive arguments that were there were wedge based uh, based on behavior in this room. Even though it's clear that I don't agree on everything with everyone in this room. Um, it is it is possible to, to have a civil and forward-thinking conversation with people whom I don't precisely agree with, and that has built trust.
0: Yeah. Thanks for being such brilliant examples, everyone. It can happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, and, and think about that. This is something that you're kind of doing and cultivating every day. So uh, I appreciate everyone who has taken the time to stop by and talk and
5: uh,
0: I'm going to wrap it up right
5: now thanks for joining All right.
0: you got it Take care. thanks for listening before you go hit the subscribe button remember that callers are welcome subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast archives at Substack Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts and call in please stay in touch we want to hear from you visit SheilaMDean.com.